Welcome to the Transformers podcast once again. This is Sean and Thomas and Sammy. And this time, if you have listened to the first three episodes, at the end of every episode, we give a brief description of a Transformer from the first season, along with their original toy quote and description, along with their fate after the original Transformers movie. And today we're just going to take a look at Soundwave and all his cassettes. One of the interesting things about Soundwave is his original name was actually Cassette Man. Are you serious? Yes. He was a Mega Man boss. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Cassette Man. It actually wrote it on the side, but I guess that wouldn't sound intimidating as an evil (laughs) communications officer. Oh no, watch out for Cassette Man. He's gonna throw some rad tunes at us. Oh my god. Well, can you imagine like CD Player Man? (laughs) Or uh, watch out for 8-Track Man. Beta Man. <laughs> but then Beta Man could also be a fish. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why part fish. Maybe that's why they had to over kind of overcompensate with him with him having just such a unique voice compared to everybody else. Well, if you don't know, Transformers, the brief description of Soundwave is he always has that giant square on his chest. He's always blue and is the communications officer. And he can shoot out many Transformers from his chest. And uh, they tend to follow him no matter what for some reason. But uh, the thing I thought was the most interesting that his two guns actually transforms into batteries oh wow really yeah it's for his disguise so that when they find him they think oh it's just a cassette and here's the batteries oh wow i never noticed that yeah maybe i, I haven't seen that they in episode just took yesterday. out the batteries though what's that Sorry, what if they just took out the batteries? Somebody finds a cassette tape, they just take out the batteries, and like they just have a pair of... Batteries? Yeah, they just look, it's like, oh, here's a battery. I can use this for my own stuff. And they just take his guns or whatever. <laughs> Later, something explodes, and they have no idea why. But uh, I feel like that's a poor design choice, Soundwave. What I found interesting about Soundwave is that uh, it, it was Frank Welker doing the voice, and but he just voiced Dr. Claw because he knew they would they would edit it later with modulations. Right. And so that's, that's his voice. The other interesting thing is he came with a microphone and headphones, which we did not get here. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, were they functional? Or... No, not at all. Oh, okay. So they they're were toys. mini toys. Yeah, okay. Toys. All right. Can you imagine? I was how... like, what? How does he get? Buy Soundwave, in? the $180 toy of this season. <laughs> I mean, that's what masterpieces are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I we we just went to our first Transformers convention and saw all those figures in the wall, and I'm like, these are so expensive. Yep. Um, I I I can't go to a Transformers convention because I would walk in and then be immediately broke. Yeah. I made sure to only buy one thing, and the two things I was looking for were in the same box together. I got the Rodimus and Cyclonus two-pack from, like, I guess eight years ago. Nice. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I got to get this. It's the two people I'm looking for in one box. Yeah, I mean, even I went with the intention of not buying anything because I'm not really into, like, figures and stuff like that, but even I walked away with something. It wasn't a figure. I walked away with some art. Yeah, that was still that yeah, was pretty no, cool. It's... So yeah, like oh, if yeah. you yeah you probably even walk in there and it's like I have to have everything. <laughs> yeah, I totally. Got there were so original. many artists there that I follow on Tumblr, and so I kind of sad it didn't go. It was the yeah the one in Virginia is like it, apparently it travels the uh, the country uh, mm-hmm. in different locations. I was like, well, I've never been to one. Might as well check it out. But yeah, I I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, I definitely remember seeing the Soundwave one too because there were a lot of different versions of Soundwave: black Soundwave, bright blue Soundwave, or regular blue Soundwave. What about 
out neon blue sound wave. And I'm just, oh my god, so many choices. <laughs> Interesting note, applicable to what I talked about last time, for Soundwave was created by Shinji Aramaki. He directed Megazone 23 and the 2000 Appleseed animes. But he was also a designer for characters on Mask and New Adventures of He-Man are the most famous ones. But he also created a lot of the mech designs for Bubblegum Crisis and Genesis Climber and somehow a lot of Digimon from Digimon Tamers. I don't know how that yeah. is applicable to mechs unless they hired him for like mach- some machine-like yeah, character. Yeah, there's like robot Digimon. Yeah, the most, uh, the thing that I thought was just really ridiculous about Soundwave was the business, uh, how they ran Soundwave in the cartoon, is they wanted not to feature Buzzsaw, the cassette tape that comes from Soundwave, in the show very much, because Buzzsaw already came included with Soundwave. They wanted the kids to watch the new ones that they didn't have, so then they would have to go out and buy the other ones. I was like, I... Makes sense. Yeah. Gotta sell toys. It sounds kind of shady, but then again, all of Transformers is to sell toys. (laughs) So I don't know how I can, you know... Single out Soundwave for that when the whole show is that. Yeah. So do any of you guys have any thoughts about Soundwave? Like, do you guys like him, hate him, just don't even care about him? Uh, I, um... Go ahead, Sam. Sorry, you go first. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh... Yeah, I uh, I actually, after Scar- Starscream, Soundwave is probably, yeah, he's definitely probably my second favorite Transformer. Just because he is, to me, he is pretty unique. I like, I really like his color scheme and design with just the big gun on his shoulder. But then his voice thing is just, I mean, he just has a lot of features that are just so unique. Like, the voice is cool. And then on top of that, obviously, are the cassettes. We're like, all of those things. I like his little, I, I, I definitely like Ravage, like, I really like Panthers and stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean, he just has so much going on. Mm-hmm. So, Sammy, your thoughts? Yeah, um, he's not my he's not my number two, but I do enjoy him. And he's one of the only other characters that I enjoy him throughout the iterations of all the Transformers things. Like, they mm-hmm. just, they keep his character solid. Of course, I love his design. And, like, he's voiced by Frank Welker. So, like, how can you not love him? But he's not my favorite. Yeah, I, okay. I, I guess another thing I would say about Soundwave is... I guess his character archetype has been used in other Transformer shows. I guess everybody knows that I've really only watched Beast Wars. Scorponok is kind of like a similar thing, where here's a, a somewhat like second in command that is really loyal to Megatron and just everything he does. He he always defends Megatron, the leader, and all that stuff like that. The thing is, Scorponok was never. He just always just seemed boring. There was nothing special about him. He's just uh, like. Well, you haven't seen the original Scorponok, who will eventually show up in the Japanese Headmaster show, and he actually becomes the leader of the Decepticons. Oh, really? For quite a while. So <laughs> what? Yes. He was not ever a minion. He was the leader of the evil Headmasters. Yeah. So I, I that's probably why they ended up just killing off Scorponok with when Beast uh, Beast Wars <laughs> season two came out. Inferno, the ant transformer in Beast Wars, he seemed like a better version of blind loyalty to Megatron second yeah. in command kind of thing. So, Thomas, read for us the original toy quote for Soundwave's personality. Cries and screams are music to my ears. That's his toy quote. Uh, His description. It is said Soundwave can hear a fly sneeze. Uses anything he hears for blackmail to advance his status. Opportunist. Despised by all other Decepticons. Sensors can detect the lowest energy radio transmissions. Able to read minds by monitoring electrical brain pulses. Acts as a radio link for others. Locates and identifies Autobots, then informs Decepticons. Um, that's pretty basic. 
<laughs> carries a concussion gun bla- a concussion blaster gun, often target of retaliation by his comrades. <laughs> it seems I'm sorry, like able to read minds? Yeah, that's what it says. Able to read minds by monitoring electrical brain impulses. I think they have Just to be... Just when did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> Ever? I think maybe the Autobots have to be captured. I think they might have written that into an episode later. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, does he... Do they have to be hooked up to a machine? Maybe I'm... Or maybe he has, like, wires come from him that you hook up an Autobot and then he can read them physically? Maybe, maybe it happened in the comics and not the actual cartoon because... There's a lot of things where things were taken verbatim and used in the comics, but not the TV show and vice versa. I also so, like in his description there the line that he says that, that says that he locates and identifies Autobots and then lets his team know. Like that's that this like, is something that's unique to Soundwave. Every all everybody else they see it an I Autobot. Mean, it's like, well, whatever. Our I mean, whole Starscream point is not do to that. fight them. <laughs> Starscream doesn't do that. He's just like, oh, hey, there's an Autobot. Let's go kill it. I'm not going to tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. And I never, I've watched the entire G1 series, but I never get the, I, it never comes across that he wants to be in favor with Megatron and be his second in command forever, or third command forever, simply because it never comes across that way in the comics. It's always just seems like he's completely loyally loyal and unwavering. Yeah, of the little I've seen, I don't recall him ever trying to blackmail people or screw people over just so he can be in charge or anything like that. I mean, that's more like a Starscream kind of thing to me. So, any other final thoughts or on to Rumble and Frenzy? Uh, I guess we can move on from him. The next characters are two cassettes that shoot up out of um, Soundwave's Sound chest. chest, and they apparently just chill there whenever they're not fighting the Autobots. <laughs> Rumble is a hu- he's the human-sized cassette that transforms, well, he's human-sized, and he has pile drivers on his arms that can create earthquakes from the pilot. And he also has someone that looks exactly like him named Frenzy. The only problem is, Rumble is purple in the cartoon, but his toy is actually red and black, whereas Frenzy is red and black in the show, but his toy was blue and purple. Why? So yeah, the, that's a weird swap. Like, I, I, I that ha- this, to me that just sounds like that has to have been a, a mistake, miscommunication, yeah. or something. Well, see, the thing is, it's accurate in all the children's books and in the comic books. So it's the, only the cartoon that got it wrong, and even the Japanese version just swapped their names because they knew it was an error. Well, what, the trans the cartoon came first, right? Before all the toys. And the toys were already made. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, and Frenzy, I don't remember him at all. I think they use Rumble most of the time. They only use Frenzy when they need another guy to get like attack people. But uh, yeah, so Sammy, want to read us Rumble's description and toy quote? This quote: "Destroy what's below, and what's above will follow." <laughs> His description: Rumble is your basic street punk, small but always acting tough, quick temper and mean disposition. Follows Megatron's orders eagerly. Transmits immense low-frequency ground waves to create powerful earthquakes. His small size limits his physical strength, but his ability to shatter the ground makes him difficult to approach in a fight. <laughs> yeah, that one actually sounds kind of accurate to the show. I don't see anything that's out of place there. I mean, I, I would dispute him creating earthquakes through low-frequency rumbles and stuff. I mean, in the cartoon, he he is literally just beating the ground. It's like where but, is I mean, like it's... where's the the shock waves or the the energy waves? Mm-hmm. He's rumbling, doodle rumble, shaking at the right frequency. <laughs> yeah. Right, so let's see. Let's see if his clone has a similar personality. His quote is: "So panic and surrender will bloom." Yet his description is: "If frenzy needs to breathe, war would be his oxygen. He knows no cause, only craves to spread fear and destruction." His efforts are appreciated by other Decepticons. 
That's nice to know. His devotion to warfare makes him hard to deal with on a personal level. Can roll his drums to produce high-pitched grating sounds of 200 decibels. Disorients and disrupts electrical flow in opponent's circuitry, which makes them malfunction. Physically weak. His manic attack can be countered with cool logic. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, so... Yeah, that's right. I think he does summon some kind of, like, circle lines at people that's supposed to disrupt them in the show later. Okay. I'm just laughing that his his manic attack can be countered with cool logic. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh. A guy is just coming, flailing at you. You're just like, meh, I'll just yeah. step to the side. <laughs> so any, do any of you guys actually remember uh, or like Rumble and Frenzy? Uh, I barely remember any of the tapes. I don't know who Frenzy is. Ravage. I don't think I, his, was he in the first three episodes? Yeah, he's the purple guy that shoved the human out of the way. Oh, that, yeah, right. But I refer to him as Rumble because that, yeah, so they, but they, the show got it wrong. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I guess I haven't seen Rumble just yet. One thing I'm going to mention is, uh, I forgot with Soundwave, is... What was Soundwave's fate after the movie? Well, Soundwave survived the movie and would go on to be loyal to Galvatron at just as he was to Megatron. Because, you know, Galvatron was Megatron. In the Japanese Headmasters, Soundwave was almost killed, but was later revived as Soundblaster and continued to fight for the Decepticons. When Galvatron died, he followed Scorponok. He got hit by a black hole and became human-sized for some adventures, but then later changed his body back into his original form. For some reason, Blaster, his, I guess, rival because they have similar powers, decided to quit being an Autobot and pursue an art career. So So Soundwave decided to drop out and become a musician to try to compete with Blaster in the creative industry. And yes, this is a Japanese manga. Thanks for asking. Oh my god, that's, uh, man. I want this. <laughs> Later, he followed Megatron, who is totally not Galvatron, but was revived as another Megatron, and followed him. So, the end. <laughs> Transformers continuity. <laughs> what? Uh, it's called... I mean, they live for, for centuries and thousands of millions of years... He can have a brief stunt in music <laughs> career. <laughs> stunt. It's fine. Follow his dreams. Are there any episodes of the original series where any Autobot or Decepticons just like screw this war? I'm gonna quit. You know, like I don't. I'm gonna get a real job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know there's that is an episode where one of them becomes a Hollywood actor, but he doesn't actually quit being an Autobot. <laughs> like how do you just quit? <laughs> well, you quit and become a bounty hunter who works for both sides. Well, yeah, that that's true. Yeah. Rumbles and Frenzy's fate after the movie aren't really significant. They just follow Galvatron and Soundwave in season three, and in Headmasters, and that's it. Nothing else happens to them. There's a lot of just following around people. <laughs> so the next is Laserbeak and Buzzsaw. They, Laserbeak is the bird transformer that's the size of a human, except in animation errors where he's twice the size of a human or other animation errors <laughs> his original name was to be slazer before he was turned to Laserbeak. slazer slazer sounds so dumb yeah <laughs> like i'm glad they went with Laserbeak. <laughs> okay his quote is the only point i like in autobots melting point his description Laserbeak takes pleasure in hunting his prey usually the straggling survivors of a battle noticeably not brave will run for safety if threatened, flies at speeds up to 250 miles per hour, uses two independently targetable laser cannons with extreme precision to get information from captives. Sortage of ruby crystals that powers the lasers can panic his systems into shutting down. That's weird. (laughs) I didn't know about the crystals. What what crystals? 
It's like stuff they write, and then they never find a way to actually incorporate it into the plots in any way. Yeah, that's a yeah, thing really. I'm noticing with these descriptions. They're supposedly, they're supposedly having like powers and stuff that well, it sounds pretty useful. If you use it in the show, I feel like battles would just end well, right there. Well, like Megatron is supposed to have a mini black hole inside his chest. Yeah, to the one side has a black what? hole. That seems like a pretty good way to like yeah, thrust you yourself were... to victory. Yeah, Sam, are you uh, did you read the comics where he actually used that power when? he was captured i don't remember that at all <laughs> it's, it's like people remembered what the toy description was and remember he had this power <laughs> oh my yeah, god that's kind of crazy it was the it was the air in the the newer comics when he was captured and bumblebee was talking to him a lot like after after the all hail megatron and all that other stuff it kind of reminds no, me i don't of think just i read like, that one okay just like regular comic book i don't know here's just a generic superhero that We've always known to just do this certain things with his powers, but then they want to write the character and give him a power boost, so they start using the powers in like extreme ways that are they make sense, but they were never like that before. Like Iceman, he was always just a guy who shot ice and could freeze stuff, but then he became one of the most powerful mutants with just the way he could control his powers and just do molecular level stuff. This is like wow, out of nowhere. But I guess he could technically do that all along if he wanted to. <laughs> Yeah. If I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, wanted to. Sammy, you want to read Buzzsaw's quote and description? Yeah. My bite is worse than my bark. Civil and sophisticated, yet very cruel and destructive. Approaches his lethal tasks with like a fine artist. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. The artistry of uh, murder. What? All right. Each deadly mission is like working on a new masterpiece. Can pinpoint and photograph a thumbtack from 20 miles away. Flies at 250 miles per hour. Carries twin mortar cannons. Diamond hard, micro serrated beak can carve up almost any opponent. Due to large ego, will often sulk rather than proceed if his plans go astray. Oh, the little birdie didn't make his target. Do you need to be pet? <laughs> little birdie. Apparently, this is a needy bird. <laughs> yeah, a needy bird that likes to make art out of his victims. <laughs> so, what? Well, staring what I'm... at this confused. Yeah, for some reason, in one of the other descriptions that I read, it said he actually likes to make art out of the corpses of his victims. I don't know if that's just another oh. version or if that was... Because that's definitely not in this version. Anyway, I don't even remember Buzzsaw because if you have Laserbeak, you don't need Buzzsaw. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I had to look and see, like, what is Buzzsaw? And it's like, he's just a bird. Why do they have two birds? <laughs> because it's another figure you can buy. Why not? Yay! All you have to do is recolor it. Bam! Instant money. <laughs> For profit. <laughs> So their fates after the movie, they were both in Headmasters. For some reason, Buzzsaw could actually talk in Headmasters, whereas Laserbeak could not. Laserbeak was eventually transformed into a mini tank, which is apparently perfect for spying on people. And yes, that was another manga uh, change. Before Beast Wars, he was granted amnesty and rebuilt into a humanoid just like Ravage during Beast Wars. Yet they actually um, made a toy called Laserbeak with a Z in it in the Beast Wars toy line that wasn't actually incorporated into the show itself. And since it copied Laserbeak's original quote from G1, many people think that that's actually him during Beast Wars, even though he never shows up in the cartoon. Ravage, the, the best cat. Unless, anyone other thoughts on Laserbeak? Right. Yeah, we, we're, we're on to Ravage now. Like, he's, he's best cat. You already forget. Yeah. <laughs> I already forget. I didn't even ask about him. So I, I like how, apparently, I don't understand this at all, Okay, Ravage, in the Japanese comics, they say he was actually an Autobot Imperial Guard. And then he also has a son somehow. I didn't think Autobots, what? Decepticons, could have children. I didn't even bother to look at that because I didn't want to read, like, 80 minutes of backstory. So I just skipped that over. Um, 
But apparently his name was supposed to be Stalker before it became Ravage. Mm, yeah, that would have been fine. Yeah, and, yeah uh, Ra- Ravage is much better than Stalker. It's yeah. a much better name, yeah. But the, the weirdest thing about Ravage is their trademark for Ravage couldn't be used during Beast Wars, which is why he was called Shadow Panther at first. But then they were like, well, wait, that was already copyrighted. So they just called him a Tri-Predicus agent. <laughs> in the show and when the Energon cartoon came out they called him Battle Ravage they thought they had the rights to Ravage but they weren't quite sure so they just tacked another word onto him I don't think that's quite how copyright works <laughs> yeah, but okay tell, tell the major corporation that so <laughs> yeah. yeah any thoughts on Ravage Sammy um I I like alright I already love cats so he's already cool but the comics actually the new ones have made me really really like him and the things that happen in like issue 50 around of more than meets the eye makes me cry so is this not to spoil is this after i haven't read beyond combiner wars um it is before combiner wars is it no 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 no. it's a little bit afterwards oh okay i don't even remember ravage being present during any of these comics oh he comes back oh he He must be back and he's looking for megatron Oh, he's going to be disappointed when he finds out Megatron is, you know, not evil anymore. He's very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not really a spoiler. Like, that happens like, right in the beginning. But anyways, yeah, Ravage is good, good kitty cat. Ravage is today's Autobots or tomorrow's scrap metal. This is really weird because both his quote and Soundwave quote are in the children's book that I read as a kid. The same quote? The exact same quote. I don't know why. Uh, I guess because writing is hard. But anyway, Ravage description. Ravage operates best alone. A creature of the night. Craftiest of all Decepticons. Adept at devising deadly new strategies. Remains aloof from others, but his deeds command respect. Can virtually escape detection. Amidst an electromagnetic mission shield, has a soundless walk and disappears in subdued light or shadow. Carries two powerful heat-seeking missiles. Light-sensitive so he can be blinded. Uh, um, can't most of them be blinded? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's more blinded than others. You know, you see how when you walk in the sun <laughs> and you're like, after being in the dark for a while, and you're like, oh man, five seconds, you need to adjust. Maybe for him it's 30 seconds. I don't know. <laughs> oh, mm, poor rabbit. <laughs> I take issue with one line of his description where it says he's the craftiest of all the Decepticons. Oh, you're going to say Starscream is the craftiest? You know what I'm going to say. I mean, it's true. <laughs> it's uh, true, though. What what plan has he, Ravage come up with? So, next episode, are we, are we going to review your Starscream fan fiction? <laughs> uh, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm, that's just a joke because the way he said he, how he likes Starscream it's so still much. a masterpiece I'm working on I still need more bodies like Budsaw I'm still working on it <laughs> gotcha gotcha no I mean take your time like <laughs> so Sammy Starscream had 400 million years to take his time so yep so Sammy this might I hope this doesn't destroy your love of Ravage but this is his fate after the movie oh no okay Ravage survives to season 3 in Headmasters after the war, he was granted amnesty and given a humanoid body. What? Oh, yep. You know, he, uh, you've watched... Have you seen Beast Wars? I, I have not. Okay. So he was involved with the little girls who were not yet the Kiss players, but the little girls that had adventures before Kiss players from behind the scenes where they traveled through time and he was trying to create a world free from conflict, but was defeated by little girls. Um, went back in time to the original Beast Wars cartoon to apprehend Megatron, ended up turning 
on the Autobots when he found out that Megatron had some secret plan millions of years ago and decided to be evil again and then he was destroyed, you thought. That was the cartoon, because you know what happens, you know, when people start writing comics, they come up with all kinds of reasons to bring people back to life. Oh, of course. So, Tarantulas rebuilt him as a transmetal, and then he went on more time-traveling adventures. <laughs> He's got a lot of... Uh, where's his time machine? Why does he... If he's supposed to be the craftiest of all the Decepticons, why hasn't he actually achieved his goal? He has a time machine. Well, I don't know. He I have so machine. many questions. The, I, I don't remember what it was. Like, it's called like 15 Go-Go or Girls Go-Go. Teletran 1 is now like an, a 10-year-old girl for some reason going on ad- adventures throughout time and I guess Ravage is there. I don't know. It's... You know, it's manga continuity, so, you know. Are we going to have to talk about the kiss stuff eventually? Yes. I, I, well, do we, yeah. Oh, God, why? Why? <laughs> well, don't worry. A lot of the audio has never been translated. Oh, okay. So all you have to worry about is the manga. Oh, the visuals might be too much itself. No, see, the visuals, the visuals is what makes me just roar into laughter because <laughs> somebody spent time drawing this. Oh, okay. I was actually curious as if you heard of heard of that before. <laughs> I read of whatever was online and that I was just both crying and laughing of just why. When we were at the convention, they actually had a Rodimus Prime Kiss Players figure. Oh. Um, but the Rodimus Prime looked cool, but then again, it came with, you know, a little girl. Yeah. For, for no reason. I just want the figure. <laughs> and then, you know, it comes with a box that has her, like, hugging him or something. It's just, I don't know. The, the figure's cool, but you gotta, like, hide the box or burn it once you buy it. So. Burn it. Definitely burn questions. it. <laughs> Too many questions. <laughs> we got three more. Thomas, rat bat. He's a bat. That's all you need to know. Anyway, go. All right. His quote, the road is my dinner plate. Description, has no friends, only business partners. His only allegiance is to himself. Refuels by plunging his mecha fangs into new cars' gas lines. The better made the car, the better the gasoline's haste. <laughs> all right. That's, uh... I mean, okay, all right, moving on. He's a bat. Thanks, <laughs> Maximum flying speed, 65 miles per hour. Carries two radar-guided free electron lasers that detect the presence of an object as small as a fly. Wings contain mechanical sensors for lo- locating fuel sources. Has one-foot wingspan that can enlarge to 10 feet. Wings are vulnerable to artillery. <laughs> yeah. If you shoot a, trans- a Decepticon... Yeah, but not just any Decepticon, just him. So, an interesting fact for both of you. So, neither of you have read the Marvel Comics Transformers from the '80s, correct? I have not. Um, here and there, but not all. After Optimus Prime and Megatron are no longer leaders, Ratbat becomes the new leader of the Decepticons. Yup. Shockwave has already been taken out because of Megatron. And so now, for some reason, Ratbat is leading them. And I think Starscream is disassembled or disappeared or something, Yeah, I was going to ask what happened to everybody else who was also vying for control. And then you said Soundwave's dead. Okay, well, what about Starscream? He should. He really should have been the number one to come up next. And, he's, and he's, I guess, okay, Ratbat, by default, becomes the... the <laughs> but he runs it like a business. He's like, we're using too much fuel over here. we got to <laughs> do this over here. And I'm like, yeah, this is a really terrifying He's really villain. concerned about the economics of war. He 
he learned from the past mistakes, the war on Cybertron, and when both sides ran out of energy, he's like, I'm not going to make that mistake this time. We need some discipline here. Some some fiscal, fiscal discipline. <laughs> Ratbat won't show up until the actual movie, but he does, of course, like all the other cassettes, survive, but he never shows up again. In all the manga, it's the manga that takes place before the movie, so no one really cared about Ratbat afterwards. Oh, that's all you need to know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's nothing interesting about a tax man. There's the two final cassettes that that only show up once in season three. One was a little T-Rex, and the other is a little Stegosaurus called Overkill and Slugfest. They look awesome, and if I was a kid, I would have totally wanted the Stegosaurus if I had known this was out there because that was my favorite dinosaur growing up. Stegosaurus, really? Yes. Aww. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you always need more dinosaur robot toys. Like, that's... That's what sells. Yeah. Sammy, do you want to read the quote for uh, Overkill and his description? The T-Rex. Yeah. Too much destruction is never enough. (laughs) Whether talking, terrifying, or attacking, he does everything to excess. So busy proving how tough he is by snapping cars in half between his jaws that he forgets his mission. Can record data as a cassette, rip open the hull of a battleship as a Tyrannosaurus, armed with two batteries of motion missiles each reacts to any moving object bigger than a baseball and explodes on contact okay all right interesting okay i'm glad that he's a very forgetful dinosaur (laughs) (laughs) and then we have slugfest the stegosaurus expect betrayal and your friends won't disappoint you (laughs) (laughs) does that sound like a star screen quote is that why you're laughing over there there, there's so many like it just reminds me of the new comics that's all a lot he's as slow and stupid as he looks plays back the message he carries thinks others are talking about him and goes into violent rages in... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> the end result is usually the destruction of the messages and nearby small towns that get in the way in stegosaurus mode Plates on the back, like teeth on a chainsaw, cut through any substance, and he carries two solar-powered vibro-cannons. So So he's a little self-conscious, a little self-conscious little Decepticon. (laughs) He also sounds like he's got two detriments, because he's always destroying the stuff that he records, so why do you need him when you got laser beak? Especially when he's slow. Your your reconnaissance is not going to get to you in time before the battle that he's telling you about actually happens. Yeah, that's probably why he probably wasn't used as much, because I feel like the Decepticons really probably wouldn't like him. He, He would probably... They, they would probably murder him because he's not he doesn't seem very unique well i hope you guys... just keeps him around because they're cute well i hope you guys won't murder me after this uh <laughs> quote after the movie they only appeared in one episode but they do show up in the headmaster's manga where they're somehow defeated by daniel witwicky making them the lamest transformers in history until shia labeouf kills starscream in the star- live action transformers oh man <laughs> i don't want to talk about bayformers <laughs> Uh, who gets taken out by Daniel Witwicky, the most worthless human to be in any Transformers show? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, th- and not just season three Daniel, but Headmaster's Daniel, who is insufferable. <laughs> like Most of Headmaster's is insufferable. <laughs> not the theme song. <laughs> Fair. Well, that was all of Soundwave and his cassettes. And you guys have any last thoughts on any of those cassettes? Any ones you like or enjoyed in the shows or the comics? I feel like, I don't know, maybe that was just Soundwave's thinking to have 
so many cassettes, many of which are just redundancies, it seems like. So maybe he's just like, I gotta play it safe just in case I lose one. I have a backup one that can just do the same thing, get the same job done. Well, maybe he's plotting to overthrow Megatron, and then he already has loyal followers once that happens. The tiniest of armies. He just keeps picking up cassette tapes at, like, thrift stores. <laughs> I will turn this used copy of Bananarama into my next cassette minion. <laughs> Nothing is wrong with this plan. <laughs> uh, yeah, though, like, I, I... The cassettes is really what makes Soundwave, though. Like, for the fact that he just has them and he loves them so much. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. There is a love there somewhere. Well, they love him because in the Japanese versions, they're always calling him Anaki or Anki, however you pronounce that. Anarchy, which yeah. is like whenever you show someone with respect and... <laughs> Like a brotherly respect, a brotherly love kind of thing, yeah. I just feel like the writers didn't really tap into that too much, and I kind of wish I could have seen more of that. Can you imagine an episode where Soundwave is presumed dead, and all the cassettes are like, we have no purpose anymore, (laughs) and they're like, (sighs) and they're all sad, and then in the episode... They just assert the war just to go, I don't know. And then then at the end of the episode, Soundwave comes back, and their life has meaning again, and they go out and fight some Autobots, the end. (laughs) Actually, I'd watch that, though. I'd love to watch that. The cassette adventures. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, so that was the uh, the Soundwave episode. And next two episodes will be the only hardcover children's books ever made for the Transformers. For kids, by the way. So oh, they were? So, okay. Yes. So <laughs> signing off here, I'm Sean. Thomas. Sammy. And we'll see you next time. See ya.